Okay. Kia ora. Koto, everyone. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. Um, I'm very excited to be here with Rach McBride. Um, they are a pro triathlete in Canada. And I always want to say Canada, but I don't know why. I need to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> genetic counselor, amazing. Um, and advocate for diversity and non binary athletes in the sport. Um, Harimai, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to uh, be on this Queenstown Life podcast. Like, <laughs> Um, you know, I have such a such a soft spot for New Zealand. I feel like it's my second home, and I really wish I was there right now. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so before we get into that, um, I always ask, "How are you?" and then I say, "How are you?" Second level. Re- read into that what you will. What's going right. on with you? Um, yeah, I mean, really. It's definitely a roller coaster right now. Um, I'm super lucky that I started out this year with Challenge Wanaka and Ironman New Zealand. And so I felt like I had a really awesome 2020 until everything shut down. And then, and then honestly, it's been, I've been able to like have some fun and explore BC uh, and do some fun things that I wouldn't necessarily do when I was training. But to be honest, it's also been a real mental health struggle for me. Um, and it's, it's been a really interesting experience because it's allowed, this space has allowed me to really sort of look at myself and understand myself a lot better. And um, something that I haven't talked about a whole lot is that I um, realized that I have attention deficit disorder, ADD, and depression. And so that's been a whole like eye-opening world of like really fitting these puzzle pieces together of like my entire adult life um, and what it, what it is now. And, and um, just like how I move forward in the, in a world understanding those diagnoses a bit better. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I'm very um, honored for you to share that with us because I ask, I've asked a lot of people, I mean, I've interviewed a couple of athletes and, and said, have you, do you feel like you've been supported through this time? Do you think, do you think people have, have kind of gone, yeah, yeah, let's support each other. And then it wanes, right? It waxes and wanes as to how people cope. With yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's really been a mixed bag. There's definitely been a lot of, there's been a lot of fear, I think too, that, um, you know, I feel like when I was, there's a lot of judgment about like, Oh, what is everybody doing? Like, are they following the rules and that sort of thing? Um, And yeah, I think that it's, I think it's been a mixed bag in terms of that support for sure. And it just gets to be fatiguing, right? It's like initially there were all of these like charity campaigns and that sort of thing. And then it's some, and the virtual racing that everybody was doing and, um yeah and then it just kind of you reach this new normal of what life is right totally um and i interviewed um an olympic um track cyclist and she talked about um you know that they they kind of i said what what the hell are you doing like what what and she said you know i we've just been told to to imagine the world as if that's going to happen because what it does is connects us to the thing that we love it it brings us together and whether or not that thing happens 
we, we have a thing to strive for. And also that seven minutes or whatever she trains a bazillion hours a week for, she's like, that isn't, that's, it's proved to me that that's not the only thing in my life. And it's right. really, really important. And it's my job and I go out every day and I do that thing and I write it down, check it off and get checked. And blah, blah. But she's like, that, that's a seven minute part of my life. So I have to look after everyone else and all my other friends. So the checking in is the important bit. And, and yeah. the, oh, you've dropped off. Where have you gone? What, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we get what's kind of tended to happen because I, I live in Queenstown, very touristy place. What's tended to happen is the people that you usually check in with or who usually check in with you are now exhausted themselves. So you kind of not want into who, 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 where's the people that I can now tell my stuff to because I don't want to bother them or I don't want to, do you know, and I, and I wouldn't, I worry and wonder for people like athletes who constantly have this glare of focus on them and oh what's she what is she doing or what are they doing or what is do you know what's going on for them and are they focusing on a race or how are they dealing with this mm-hmm, and I hope mm-hmm. that people are looked after I really do yeah I think that for me it's it's been a real eye-opening experience of like for the first several months like literally up until the past week I've realized that I don't actually have a whole lot of people that I have reached out to um, that I like nurture a friendship with just because I've been so focused on training um, and sort of living my life and that it's only really in the past week that I have realized, wow, I really need to start nurturing these other relationships um, so that I have a support system. Um, And so that's been really cool to finally connect with like important people in my life who have sort of we've all fallen off the radar for each other yeah totally well now you got another friend in New Zealand amazing our arms are open to everyone (laughs) (laughs) it's a crazy old time right because I suppose everybody's kind of going oh yeah it's not just me who's going through this it's like the whole world of of, obviously differing levels of privilege right so it's like I'm in a nice house with a nice family and they look after me and not everybody's dealing with that but it's like I can connect on lots of different levels with people around me um yeah and at least we can all have the same boring conversation about covid that i just can't have anymore i'm so bored it's like it's boring now go away yeah totally right um so i was listening i was thinking about you um i was doing a really big road trip a couple of weeks ago and um you know when when we were allowed to travel and i i listened to a podcast about um uh it was have you heard of 99 percent invisible oh yeah I love right. it. Right. So they they talked about um the, have you have you listened to the toilet one? The diversity uh, oh, of the toilet toilets? paper. Oh, diversity of toilets. I don't think so. So it was based on um it was all about um people who identify as non-binary and the fear around needing to go for a week when they're in the city. Oh wow. It's amazing. Gosh, I'll send it you. I'm I'm really behind on my 99% invisible. No, no, no. I, I, I missed that one. I yeah, no, find it. Yeah. It was incredible. And it was, um, so what they're looking at now is um, there's all these new courses that are coming out in, in the US about um, the way that we look at public space, right? And how old fashioned it is and how yeah. most architects are kind of behind bazillion years not only for people who identify as whatever 
but also dis people with disabilities. The fact that mm -hmm. we make these toilets, for example, in one there, there's a square of what we how we make them, and we never venture outside that. And and they interviewed lots of um, people who said, you know, the fear for me going out in the morning to New York, I I know I'm going to need to go for a wee but I can't find anywhere to go because of how I look, how I speak, what might happen and that fear of what might happen to me. And, and the amount of people who went, Oh my God, I've never actually considered that. And it got me to thinking about, um, I am man as a sport and that culture that's been created and how far it's moved. And if it has moved at all, because it is very men, women, that's all you get. Mm -hmm. do you think it's slightly starting to shift or do they do you think they still consider that as a really annoying problem that they don't want to deal with um i i my gut feeling is that they feel it's an annoying problem that they actually don't need to deal with because right. that there hasn't been a loud enough voice um or you know loud enough people to uh, you know, put up a fight. And I think that my experience, um, even in, like, I think where, where the changes are going to start to be made are in local grassroots racing yeah. that will then move up the chain. And, you know, I've, I'm Rick, I'm starting to realize just like how much of a challenge it really is in the world of sport because it is so binary based and it is it's like it's hard enough in in the world in general um you know toilets are absolutely like you know public toilets are are a stress for a lot of people yeah. who don't fit in the binary um and that's kind of like i almost feel like that's the in sport that's the least of my worries um or my challenges just because there is just an absolute like complete lack of recognition yeah um and you know it's really tough i think because because i think it like it does have to be binary in a way i think there is a way to include um non-binary folks and um but it's definitely there's like a really really massive road ahead in terms of making changes yeah totally and i i love what you say about that grassroots stuff because that that i i see that for everything right it's people think oh my little thing won't matter or my little voice or my little saying no won't matter and it's like oh my god it's so will it's like those you know it's like those backroom bar conversations oh that slight racist comment that i said but it doesn't really matter well that's where it starts and that's where it grows yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's so important for you to use if you've all, all you've got is a voice and you know i identify as she her and that's such a privileged position then i have to use that in a way mm. that supports people who don't have a voice in that arena mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah important. Yeah, absolutely. Allies are incredibly important. Yeah. Um, like any movement like this for folks who are in the minority um, or, or who are unrecognized, like absolutely any movement you look at needs to have allies in those uh, populations who are not as, um, as oppressed. Yeah. And 
uh, and yeah, I mean, it's like a butterfly effect, right? It's like if one race organizer sees like, oh, I could, you know, they, they set an example of like how it can be done. And then another race organizer is like, oh, that's super easy. I can do that too. And it just like, you know, multiplies. Yeah. And then at some point it'll go from the, you know, city level to the provincial level to the country level yeah. and beyond. Yeah. 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 And I love how you, you know, we'll talk about New Zealand because, I mean, for me coming from the UK, um, just how kind of, you know, I got here and was like, oh my God, they've not even done that. And oh my God, we've got such a long way to go. People have this image of it being like, I, I interviewed Dan Clay, who's like, who's a drag queen in, um, in New York. And he, I was like, what is your impression of, of New Zealand? And he's like, you know, everyone's like a hobbit and lives in these little, you know, wanders around just being really nice to each other. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, you know, it is in it, in terms of lots of things, it's the most backwards, you know, we've got such a long way to go in terms of its history and it's the violence in the history um, and the trauma that's been, you know, that's happened to indigenous people here. It's so backward. And yet everyone's got this, it's so clean green. And it is, it's totally <laughs> amazing. Um, but yeah. what was your, what was your, cause this, it was, was um, Challenge Monica your first trip here? No, I was there in um, February, March 2016, and that's when <clears throat> I was hoping to do Wanaka in New Zealand, but uh, I was injured at the time, and so I just made it a six-week training camp and toured all around and did the sleeper van thing on the South Island and all of that jazz and lived an incredible life, trained for a month in Nelson, and uh, yeah, just glorious dream. Place. Yeah so glorious yeah and uh and that's that's when I fell in love with New Zealand and I knew that I had to come back and do those races and I mean I hope to come back so many many more times you will never leave you will and, and they <laughs> and I don't know if you saw that they've changed the race for challenge um which was they changed the complete route oh yeah and it was so controversial right because everyone really? is so you know well we're stuck in our ways here and it's been running for over 10 years and it's been the same thing and it's a beautiful course and they've changed it because they had to like it was costing them a fortune um yeah. and now it's going to probably be new zealanders or maybe australians if they can get here but there was uproar it was like oh my god it's like come on people like the fact that we can race is just amazing yeah, yeah, totally. I know. I think that, I mean, I think the new course is going to be really cool. It's still going to be super beautiful. Like it's, it's gorgeous out in Glendu Bay out there. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I totally get like, you know, finishing in the middle of town is really cool. Yeah. You know, that's a unique experience that you don't get for a yeah. lot of races. Totally. You know, the, 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 um, it used to finish at midnight, so there used to be, you know, the lines of drunk people. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing like it, right? Being thrown beer thrown over you. When you yeah. When you're like at the end of a 17-hour day, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is your favorite discipline? Um, well, right now, I mean, cycling, really. I think because I'm the best, that's, that's like my best out of the three cycling I'm a super competitive person so I like what I'm good at um but I also I've been spending a whole lot of time on my gravel bike 
this summer and and exploring like the Rocky Mountains and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. some incredibly beautiful places. Uh, and it's just like it's it's yeah on the bike I just and especially on the gravel roads like you're getting out of traffic you're getting into nature I'm in the mountains there's not a whole lot of people around so like in the world in the world of COVID it was yeah. really helpful um yeah and it's just super fun and you know are you how old are you are you 41 42 now so I'm 41 and I had a conversation with some 40 year olds last night and apparently according to them gravel biking is for the older generation now and it's like um, it's like what corduroys are like to jeans. And I was like, what? And they're like, oh yeah, if you buy a gravel bike, because my husband bought a gravel bike. He's like, I've like gone over the line. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just entered a whole new group of people there, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, maybe that, maybe like in, in the world of New Zealand where everybody's a hardcore mountain biker, <laughs> moving to a gravel bike and not riding all these technical trails sure sure yeah yeah, yeah. i'll let you off i'll let you off um yeah. okay are you ready for your quick fire round yeah i'm ready okay hot bath or hot shower hot bath do you wear a watch uh on a daily basis no do you know a lot of people don't yeah um something you want to learn um I want to learn another language and how to play the piano. Awesome. Uh, what do you do well? I, I am, um, I'm pretty, I'm quite empathetic. So I feel like I'm actually really good at making people comfortable when I talk to them. That's, that is a good skill. Uh, your oh. favorite swear word? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone giggles when I ask <laughs> it's just so unexpected <laughs> I'm gonna have to say fucking oh fucking not just yeah, fucking my yeah. um, the one yesterday was fuck it <laughs> like, okay there are various extensions of that word yeah. um the adjective it, form i know exactly uh favorite place to sit um on the floor nice i usually always if i go to somebody's house i usually get on the floor um yeah. were you the type of person who did your homework at the start of the school holidays or the night before you started back to school the night before can't hang out with you sorry yeah so, um, <laughs> um are you a kindle a book or an audio person book nice and have you got a favorite disney character oh disney um <laughs> who are nightmarishly gendered <laughs> <I know. laughs> um Disney gosh I like I don't remember the I think the last Disney show movie I watched was Moana with my niece and nephew uh, yeah and that's a pretty I'd have to say Moana yeah so I am um, my I have a three-year-old and she likes uh, I've just noticed because she's like Disney like you know every other three-year-old and I've noticed how bad how bad some of them are you don't even know it's terrible it. And we've been watching Terrible. the fifties ones because I love the art in it and wow. beautiful. But you just like, what did yeah. you just say? And I'm like, oh, 
Oh, I know. Oh, it's all. <laughs> I know oh. it's true. It's so when you have little ones, you know, it's like, how do you police that, or how do you have I that know. conversation? The right? volume gets turned up massively on everything, and because their questions are so pure and so from their feet, right? They come right up from their feet. That uh, you can see it. You're like, it's gonna come. It's gonna come. It's gonna come. Why is that thing like that thing? Um, and it just gives you an opportunity to express stuff really simply. And it's actually lovely because they just, why is that like that? Well, because it's that and that. And you're like, they're like, oh, okay. And then they just carry on. It's us that make it complicated, right? We make it really complicated. Right, right, yeah. Go, oh, why is that person in a wheelchair? Well, because their uh, legs don't work and that's just the way that they get around. Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Off they go, you know, you're like, okay <laughs> yeah it really changes your life to to like be involved with kids of, of that age to like see the world through their eyes yeah. it's really yeah. I love my niece is five and my nephew is just about to turn seven and like it's just so cool to yeah. spend time with them and see the like simplicity of life Seven is a beautiful stage. Um, it's a real pivotal stage. And apparently what they, what they are when they're seven, they're going to be as, as adults. Oh. Yeah. So okay. it, some, some of it disappears, like went through the, you know, the horrible bit <laughs> where they're like, what is life? <laughs> um, and then apparently it comes back out when they're adults. So you're like. Interesting. Okay. Right. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, my, I have to quiz my mom about what I was like when I was seven. Yeah. 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 Or, or don't if you don't want to know. You like <laughs> I don't want to know that stuff. Well, I'm just curious if like it it is actually reflective of yeah. who I am today. Totally. Yeah. Um and yeah. what are you gonna go and do right now? Uh I'm gonna go eat dinner. Awesome. I'm gonna go and have lunch. I love the world. <laughs> um Rach, thank you so much for giving up some of your time. Um go well. And we hope everybody's back to racing, not as normal, because I don't think there is a normal anymore. And I think it's kind of, no. a, that's kind of a good thing. But um, take care and know that we are here. Thank you. We're all I really together. appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for the chat. You're welcome. Chat soon. Okay. Bye.